Hello and welcome to Conspiracy of Light, a podcast about the inner workings of Babylon 5, at least the inner workings through our minds. My name is Woody Harris, and I am joined by my plastic pal that's fun to be with, Josue Cardona. Hello, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a Hitchhiker's Guide <laughs> reference, I'm sorry. <laughs> I figured you'd know. <laughs> my memory is not as good as yours. I'm not as young as well, you I've, are. Well, I've, I've, I've done Hitchhiker's Guide so many times, I can almost quote most of the book. So. <laughs> Plus, you know, I, okay, this is not Babylon 5 related, obviously, but if you haven't listened to the radio shows, which are done as four consecutive uh, CD sets or story sets on Audible, mm-hmm. then yeah. um, it's, it's fantastic. The actors are fantastic, the story's fantastic, and you get more out of the audio because that's the way it was made in the first place was radio. You get yeah. more out of that than you get out of the book, even though the book is fantastic too. But it's probably, yeah. if, if there was a most quoted book in my life, it would be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now I feel bad. You should edit out me not knowing the reference. <laughs> but but I definitely want to listen to that uh, to that version of it. I've been, it's been on my wish list forever. I'm yeah, primary phase and then secondary phase, tertiary phase and quadri phase. It's uh, I should do fantastic. it. I'm getting I'm getting back into uh, audio fiction, like like fiction books. I haven't. That's an. I, I usually just go nonfiction when I'm you know yeah. reading a book or listening to an audiobook, but. Uh, Kind of, I've like caught the bug, so I might, I might do that next. Yeah, good suggestion. Yeah, well, I, I, I know that you're, uh, you're going through uh, his dark materials, which I think is fantastic. Almost done. Yep. Excellent. That third, yep. That third book is a, that's a doozy. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I, for my part, I, I just started uh, October Country by Ray Bradbury, and Ooh. that's a really good Audible book to check out as well. Just some spooky, awesome. weird stuff at the first, but uh, that's, that's typical for any kind of Halloween story set in Ray Bradbury's universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, last last uh, aside, <laughs> do you consider sure his Dark is. Materials only fantasy? Or, like, I, th- I think it's it's one of those things that straddles, like, sci-fi and, and fantasy. Oh, no, it's definitely it's definitely got a sci-fi edge to it. It's, it's fantasy yeah. sci-fi. I don't know how to make that distinction at that point because yeah. there's some science that goes on. They, they, you know, they try to science it up in the way that they talk about the way that the universes connect and they, they they've got physicists oh, yeah. involved and things like that um but then there, there's definitely like a, a fantasy yeah. piece to it but I, i'm pretty sure science fiction categorized that's a better categorized science fiction um i mean it's it's to be fair i think it's more science fiction than star wars mm, yeah yeah because star I, I wars that. is more of a like if you have all these categories it's science fantasy yeah, yeah. Man, what Maybe a way to start that's what his dark materials are. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for the, the show. I'm, I'm look, so looking forward to it. Let's yeah, talk about yeah. Babylon 5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why we're here. Let's do it. Uh, so we watched the episode Eyes. Yes. Which is a, a fantastic episode, I think. Um, it, we, we open with, uh, actually, I think it opened with Garibaldi and his bike, right? <laughs> Is that the first scene? I uh, think so. Maybe. I think it's Garibaldi working on this this Kawasaki ninja. And Lanier pops by and checks it out and gets really involved in it. 
Um, <laughs> Sexual prowess and max- masculinity. Like, <laughs> yes. <"Ooh." laughs> and then the way Lanier says it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the main story, so that the 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 story with Lanier and, and Garibaldi, that's kind of the side story. Um, but the main story is uh, this uh, Benzane uh, character who comes to Babylon Five first, kind of undercover, checking around, asking questions about Sinclair, and then eventually he uh, makes the connection with Sinclair and says, uh, "You're under investigation," and uh, me and and my pal Mr. Gray here are going to. Uh, Review very carefully and meticulously every last decision you've made since since Babylon Five opened up with you as as the commander. Mm-hmm. Turns out Mr. Gray is a uh, I don't remember what his his psych rating is, but he's uh, psychor. Um, yep, and uh, he is uh, he's on hand to probe the people that are being investigated by Benzane. I hope to hell I'm saying Benzane. <laughs> I hope that's the right name. <laughs> <laughs> Just the the general. I don't remember. I think I think his last name right was the the other guy was Gray and he was Zane, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Gray, uh Mr. Gray was definitely the the one character and uh yeah, it's Benzane. B E N R E Benzane A R I B-E-N-Z-A-Y-N, Colonel Ari Benzane. Okay. So Benzane has kind of a beef with uh, Sinclair. Uh, turns out because he's been passed over for the promotion to be the leader of B5. I guess that could stick in your craw when somebody just comes up from behind the ranks and you've been a, a general who's doing all this amazing work for all this time, fighting and... I mean, really, it turns out Benzane's a pretty terrible person, uh, but and he wouldn't have been good for a a diplomatic station under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's out to get Sinclair, and he's checking everywhere he can and using every every little ounce of control that he has, controlled by by uh, very high-paying factions back on Earth. Um, to do this investigation to determine whether or not Sinclair is doing his job properly. Yeah, the it, it, it was great to see. It's a callback to what we learned before that, like, he was not uh, Sinclair was not on the short list to be commander, and the Membari, uh, you know, interfered. They they intervened, and yeah. they put him as number one. So we're seeing a ramification of that, right? Like, does like I never really thought about who those ten people were, right? But, but now, now we've met one of them, right? And he was passed up, and and you know, Minbari clearly had a, a role in in putting Jeffrey where he's at, and uh, that's just uh, kind of it's not just Ben Zane who that's upset; it's a lot of people that's upset. And uh, why do you say that? Because when Sinclair is talking to his superior, um, his superior basically says, uh, there's a lot of people and a lot of money involved in this situation, and I can't do anything about it because it's going to, uh, it's going to cause problems to the president's campaign. Which I didn't quite ha- figure out how that all works in, except for the fact that, uh, 
yeah, I, I can't even make sense of that statement. Um, except for the fact that, that there's there's obviously a campaign going on. There's obviously an election coming up that, that everybody's paying attention to. And I guess somehow if those people who are in charge of Sinclair were to get involved in this investigation, they would look like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's something similar to what we have going on now. I don't know. Well, um, I asked because it didn't seem to me like him being commander was the issue. Well, no, his decision-making process is what I'm saying. Not just yeah, being commander, yeah, yeah. but the gotcha. decisions he's okay. made. I mean, he's he's ruffled a lot of feathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may see Jeff as this really uh, well-played diplomat who, you know, plays it close to the edge so that he can actually make it all work. Um, but those people back home are seeing that they're in their mind their 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 own political values and their hard earned uh positions and, and whatnot are being undermined by his decisions on Babylon five. And this could have easily been a clip show. I'm so glad it wasn't a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember those? Oh yeah. Well I mean we we got a little bit better at it as we went went through the nineties. Because we started doing things like, like I know that uh, Next Gen would do it, like with mind probes that you would see the past and the, you know things like that. But that was, uh, you know, that's such a throwaway episode. And and I'm glad to say that I don't think Straczynski ever did that with Babylon Five. There was never a a clip show of Babylon Five. <laughs> but it was a lot of callback yeah. to yeah. previous episodes. I mean, we we got to kind of talk about Ragesh Three and. Uh, um, the the uprising, the skirmish with the the um the workers. So mm-hmm. there was there was a lot there to kind of sink your teeth into. And uh, actually, this episode was the last one filmed for that this season, uh, because it was meant to sort of wrap a lot of things up. But of course, we know we're not anywhere close to the end of the season yet. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't enjoy this episode very much. You didn't enjoy I this, felt, okay? No, yeah, because it felt like, first of all, there were none of my favorite aliens were here. None of them. <laughs> Not a single one. Yeah, it, it was almost completely Earthbound episode. In fact, were there any aliens? Let me think about that. Well, well okay. Lanier. Lanier. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, I don't know where Delenn is. <laughs> <laughs> There's no mention of Londo. There was a mention of... of uh, Vorlons, though, but yes. just talking about them is not enough for me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, none of my favorite aliens were here. Um, and the the Zane, I'm going to call him Scar. Scar sure, was, Scar, yeah. <laughs> you know anytime anybody walks on screen with a scar on their face, oh, that's the bad guy, I got it. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He, was, he, he seemed over the top to me. Like, yeah. uh, it, it, it felt like a very... Uh, soap opera moment when he yeah. when he you know revealed himself and yeah. in the way that it, it happened so I don't I don't know like like yeah he was obviously a bad guy <laughs> with the scar on his face yeah uh, I didn't enjoy that whole thing um he didn't he wasn't he wasn't a good bad guy you know like he wasn't very effective I did like the way that Sinclair like did his research you know, mm-hmm. um, was able to challenge him at every at every turn, 
and how he spoke to to Gray and was like, "Are you sure that you are reading the right person?" And you know, <laughs> sowed some doubt into his mind, like. All of that kind of stuff that Sinclair did was great, mm-hmm. but I don't think he yes. had a great villain to play off of. And, and I mean, do you and, think it was a matter of the actor, or do you think it was that this just isn't, you know, this is not the boss monster? Um, I, in in part, again, that reveal at the end where he's just like, and the whole time I'm like, all the cameras are on, man. Like, what are what are you doing? You're yeah, numbered. Exactly. <laughs> you pulled a gun on him. Like, yeah, exactly. what are you doing? <laughs> It wasn't well, I, even trying I guess at that it wasn't point. live cameras, right? And it's probably just recording, so he could have probably just destroyed them. But yeah. yeah, he pulled a gun on him. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I get the Bester is still mad at him, so there's this reference to the Bester episode. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. There's like some, you know, some some intrigue there. But again, this guy's this guy's one and done. Uh, wasn't very effective. Didn't really cause anything on the station. Uh, the person who like most suffered was Ivanova and I was just at the threat of being red and she wasn't actually red. She had yeah. that nightmare. So like we, she's going back to the stuff with her mom. But again, there was like, I don't think there was any character progression there. Like we already knew that stuff about Ivanova and probably my favorite thing was, was the Kawasaki ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I I enjoyed that a lot, but ultimately it was it was one of those episodes. Like there are so many things, there's so many mysteries, and yeah. none of them. Like th- that's what I like, right? When the, when the mysteries like move forward a little bit, or even you can add on to the mystery, right? Add to the intrigue. Sure. But there was none of that really in this episode at the end. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't feel like there was any progression at all for anybody's story. Except, <laughs> I mean, I laughed a lot when the when the motorcycle was zooming through the the hallway at the end Sinclair's yeah. just like looking at him you know through the through the elevator it was that was hilarious i would have loved to have seen lanier riding on the back of that thing with like his hands up yeah <laughs> like you only get a glimpse of that um, yeah but that like in in that sense it was it was fun but the whole like the whole like coming in as another company and then Two minutes into the episode, revealing that you were internal affairs, the whole thing was like you're a bad, bad guy. Like you're you're not good at this. <laughs> no, yeah, de- de- definitely not good at this. Yeah, um, and Gray was actually interesting because he he seemed like I think he was the first person who we saw, uh, at least that I saw, uh, that was Psycor that was like happy and really and really liked his job as Psychor. Cause Talia, like, she's very uh serious and she seems kinda maybe conflicted and again I keep referencing to the fact that she's been leveled up tremendously yeah. from that yeah. from that one episode and she, Jason Ironheart. Yeah, and then we never see anything about that. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. She wasn't even in this episode. But Gray's like happy and he likes, you know, his job and he he wants Ivanova to like him and like the Psychor and he doesn't understand the trauma that that uh, Ivanova went through. So No, he doesn't. So your question was what questions that I that I like. <laughs> yeah. Uh what what do you mean? Like uh, what questions do well, I have so, to choose from? I <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just wanted to kind of explore into it. So, um, 
you know, let, let's go to Mr. Gray. Um, Mr. Gray was played by Jeffrey Combs, if you didn't catch that. So Jeffrey Combs has been just about everybody on Star Trek. He's been an Andorian in Enterprise. He's been a Jem Hadar in Deep Space. Not, not a Jem Hadar, a, um, what do they call him? Uh, the little guys who, the Vorta. He's been a Vorta. He's been he's been a bad guy. He's been a good guy. He's been all over the place in uh, the Star Trek universe, and now he shows up for the first time in uh, Babylon Five. But looking he seems at super uh, familiar, but I, I couldn't, is, I couldn't yeah. place him. <laughs> he, he's been around a lot, uh, and especially in in science fiction. Um, but anyway, as playing as Mister Gray, he he did a great job of being not like I could tell it was Jeffrey Combs, but I only because I know. He's like the horror of science fiction. Um, but he, Mr. Gray as a character, <laughs> he, yeah, you're right. He had a very positive association with Psychor, and he can't understand what's going on with Ivanova. But he does sit down with her at the table, and even though he's not supposed to be probing her, basically he gets something out of her that she doesn't want any impact. Like, she... I, I don't remember what he said. Um, well, well, was it that she was thinking about Talia? His comments were more like, "Yeah, yeah." It was like, "Oh, like the the thought was so strong that it just like it just like yeah. hit me." Like, yeah, like he's he's psychor. I don't understand why Ivanova let him get so close multiple times. The whole time I'm like, he's probably reading you right now. What are you doing? <laughs> And I don't, I don't know how that works. You know, you, you, you've got the gloves on, so supposedly you're not supposed to touch anybody because you'll get closer to getting the information. But what's it like to have this psi ability? Like, are you always just trying to do your best to shut the eye? Like, to walk around blindly when you're not supposed to? Like, that's got to be the training is to not to open the eye because it's already open. It's to close the eye so that you don't see what you're not supposed to see. And then we get to these things that are so loud so to speak that they cause the eye to jut open for a moment um it privacy is is a weird thing in in babylon 5 when you get these these psychor agents involved because it's hard to know how do you regulate any of this um so on the one hand ivanova is saying no one can intrude on my memory of my mother touching my mind uh and on the other hand you've got her broadcasting Talia Winters out, which, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's on her mind because she's sitting with a, someone from Psychor here, you know, this is my association with Psychor kind of thing. Yeah. But it wasn't Bester, you know, it wasn't, actually, I don't even know, Ivanova didn't meet Lead Alexander, I don't think. Um. So, and then you've got these, apparently, large, heavy emotion Whatever it might be, you can't shut the door at that point. At some point, you just whoever it is in front of you is just exudes out whatever they're feeling. And so, I mean, you didn't really have to be a psi agent to determine what was going on when you see Benzane go off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took it took it took Gray a while to be like, oh, "You're the villain." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he did say, "I don't like him, and I don't like working for him, but he is efficient." Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not really clear where Gray is coming from. Yeah, to that point on the privacy and stuff, I mean, I imagine, you know, we're talking about the eye, but I think it's not very different from the ear, <laughs> right? It's like sometimes, you know, you hear things in the room that weren't meant for you. You know, it's a conversation, like, they're not talking to you, but you can pick things up. 
Um, yeah. He's just very sensitive to that kind of thing. But again, I, nobody should know that better than Ivanova. So the fact that she let him sit down in front of her seemed strange to me. Especially if she didn't trust him already. Like, why was she surprised that he actually did that? Because he's he's basically stated that he's not going to. And I think she's trying to develop some trust with him. Because she, she seemed to develop a little bit of trust with Talia. And now she's trying to develop a little bit of trust with Mr. Gray. I mean, there's something about Ivanova where she's always looking for the good, even though she's expecting the worst. And I don't know how to characterize that. You know, it's just like she said, it's a very Russian ending when she <laughs> when she talked about how she was going to die. Um, yeah. But... Uh, or when she's... I, I don't remember. What, what was... It wasn't that she was going to die. It was... Uh, she was going to, like, be... Like, lose her job. She lose her job to. completely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. She... she she wants to trust people, and she fi- keeps finding reasons not to trust them. And then, of course, this nightmare comes on, um, which I really hope. It would make me very upset if the when they give the shot to the person that they wear those terrible masks. <laughs> That's like something out of, uh, out of Kafka or uh, out of uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil universe. <laughs> you mean in the dream? The dream, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 happy face and the sad face, you know, the dramatic masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that that scene, scene was terrifying. But yes. It's it's something that we've like we've we've kind of seen that before. You okay, know, we've so seen it's, her. it's not new per se. Yeah, yeah. So let's try to find if there are new things to this story. Then, is there anything new to the story? Do you feel like it's just been like a complete dead end, except for just a little bit of character development on Lanier? Because uh, we really haven't experienced a lot of Lanier yet. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess we could call that character development <laughs> for Lanier. Well, uh, yeah, it, it's minor. Yeah. It's 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 very much put in the frame of reference of being like, here's the the levity in the episode in order to keep you focused on the the really seriousness of the episode. No, but I mean, I, I don't disagree that it fleshes out Lanier a little bit. Like, oh, he's very curious. He loves history. He's, you know, diligent, um, excitable, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's all, all that is true. But uh, again, like overall, I don't feel that it, it moved anything forward. Um, okay. It was, yeah, it was one of those episodes where I was like, okay, it was, it was just okay. Like there was, there's no change either. That's how I feel. No, I, I think you might be right. Actually, it, I just I don't think I realized that. I guess because I'm just so into the. St- a lot of times when I suspend disbelief, I just don't even have any reason to feel that there's a need to like, you know, like if you see Snoopy and the gang doing their thing, um, you know, it's just another Snoopy and the gang episode. That the, the story doesn't necessarily move forward. It's just all the characters being the characters, and that's kind of fun. Um, true, true. I kind of like. I I have this maybe morbid thing where I kind of like to watch bad guys get it. Um, <laughs> especially when they fall apart emotionally. Uh, mm. Like you, like the good guy can push the button so much that they fall apart emotionally and it's just fall. It's just to me that there's a little bit of vindication every time that happens. Huh. Why, why do you think that is? Mm. 
I don't know. I, I it, it's it's got to be personal. I'm sure <laughs> it's got to be related to my own past. But um, I, I mean, there are enough cinema situations where things like that happen that I can't be the only one who enjoys that. So, uh, did you see a movie called From the Hip in the '80s? Well, it was from the '80s. You weren't maybe around at the time, but it was from the '80s, and it starred uh, John Hurt and um, I think John Cusack was part of it. No, don't um, re- don't recall. Well, there is a point in the episode where, um, no, it wasn't John Cusack. It was uh, Judd Nelson. Um, anyway, there's a point at the end of the movie where um, it's just a breaking point for one of the main characters, and you watch the break happen. And for some reason, since you know that that was where it needed to go, that, that break is fulfilling same thing happened in a Star Trek episode, it's Next Gen, called The Drumhead, in which uh, this this woman who's sitting as judge over Picard says, I've taken down bigger men than you, Picard. And that fall apart moment where everything, like, just from that moment forward, like, oh, now we've stepped over the line, now it's over. There's nothing yeah. you can do anymore because you let your emotions get to you. For some reason, seeing the bad guy lose it and the the good guy win because they maintain composure. I don't know. That's very satisfying for me. Hmm. I mean, I. It's it's not uh, that. It's not like one of those things where I'm like, oh, those are my favorite type of moments. I like when it's done well. I I, I yeah. completely understand that. I guess that's why in this episode I'm like, no, eh. like it was, it was too. Like we didn't have enough time for that to like build up. I don't think. Um, yeah, but I did like how Sinclair was like able to, you know, dance with him a little bit, in regarding regulations and rules and different things mm-hmm. along the way. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm like, I'm, I'm the the what you described. I'm that way with revenge stories. I love a good revenge story. Yeah. Uh, I could go. Yeah, I know exactly why that is, but uh, <laughs> that's why I asked if if you knew. Um, We're in shadow territory here. Why, <laughs> that's right. Both yeah, of our shadows yeah, showing. <laughs> so no, so I I, I get that, but um, I I like what you said about like sometimes a story is just a story. Like I I don't mind filler episodes, and I don't mind um, like side stories. To me, th- that's why again my favorite part was the whole Kawasaki Ninja thing. Like yeah. that is that is such a '90s thing. Also, it's like. The show is uh, glamorizing the Kawasaki Ninja. Like, like, like in three hundred years, people are still gonna talk about it. Like, it's the coolest thing ever, right? <laughs> and that part of that part of it is just funny to me. It's a, uh, but it's it's cool. Like, you see the historical footage of motorcycles and what they meant to humans on Earth, and yeah, like, I, I love all that stuff. Um, again, Ivanova's is just like a repeat. You know, we we we, yeah. we know about this trauma of hers already. Uh, her nightmare was even worse. Like, show me show me something a little different. Like at, at first, I was like, "Whoa!" Like, is her mom still alive? Like, is she reaching out? Like, is something like this happening? But it it doesn't seem to be that way. There was okay. So I did think for a second because she did transform into her mother on the chair, and yeah. because she was so. Uh, uh, against having this guy probe her, I thought, what if she has psychic abilities? But she doesn't want anybody to know. 
but I think they would have tested her for that already, right? Yeah, I would think so. I um, no, maybe. I mean, I don't know if you. That's a good question. If your parent is a psychic, um, do you automatically test the offspring? Yeah, I don't know. There's I, don't good, know. I would think there would, if they're so focused on getting these people together, I would think there would have to be some kind of testing that happened. You know, almost like like when you're in school, you just do it as part of your part of your um your end of end of level test or whatever. Your EOCs or whatever that but is. But she's military, know. right? There's probably tons of tests that she had to take. Yeah. Um, there were some things that maybe we hadn't heard before. I, I'm not certain. But had you heard about the free Mars before? So uh, I was going to ask you about that. Tell me, tell me more about free Mars because I feel like it's come up and it seemed to be an underlying issue now regarding something that Sinclair did, but I couldn't, I couldn't connect the dots. I'm not really clear on, on free Mars, but just the, just my, my impression of what's going on here is that um, we're learning more. We're learning, you no, know, not only is there an earth faction, but there's a Mars faction. And uh, for, for us to say there's a free Mars faction means that there must be some kind of battle going on, some kind of civil war over Mars going on. Or on Mars, I guess I should say. Um, because otherwise, why free Mars? Free Mars sounds like... It's almost like Expanse stuff, right? Where you're like, we're Martians. We we are maintaining our Martianhood because we were born here kind of thing. Well, Sinclair specifically said that there were many independence movements that were, that were popping up. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, political intrigue going on in this moment. It's just going on in the background. It's just hinted at doesn't really I wouldn't say it moves the story forward per se it just gives you little glimpses of something I think um, I thought there was something about an you know, immigration bill it might bill? be right to say it's a callback episode because we even get into we get a little bit into the fact that Garibaldi has an issue with drinking and and of course uh Benzane tries to push him on this um that okay that that part was really stupid cuz he's like Oh, Mr. Garibaldi. It's like, oh, you know me? It's like, intimately. Do you want a drink? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. and then I wasn't convinced that he knew that he was an alcoholic. I, I wasn't sure that he did that on purpose or if he just was oblivious. Oh, I, I, it feels like it had to be on purpose. At least story-wise, it had to be. Maybe, maybe the character himself wasn't aware of the punching at the, like they pushing the little button there. But mm -hmm. I, as far as story goes, we, we're definitely like calling attention to the fact that Garibaldi wasn't drinking. Um, if, I don't know. If, that, that's a good if, question. If Zane knew, then he's a better bad guy than I thought. But he didn't convince me that he knew. <laughs> right? It was. I was like, what? What? Intimately, I know you. And then I was like, wait, a, but but did you did you know? Like he, there was no. There was no tell. It was almost like I have a scar, so everything I say is mischievous. It's like, well, no, like you didn't <laughs> I'm, I'm sell automatically me on just, that. Yeah, I'm completely evil just because I have a scar. In yeah, fact, prior to that, yeah. I was a Jehovah's Witness, and and everything was good. Uh, then I got the scar, and I became a bad guy. <laughs> Maybe this episode felt uh, uncharacteristic uh, to me because it lacked nuance. Again, like the character with the scar. 
the quick emotional um, turnaround, the I don't know, it, it things felt too. It, it didn't feel Babylon Five ish to me. Yeah, so so if Zane knew that Garibaldi was an alcoholic, right, and because he he claimed that he knew him intimately, then yeah. then he's a better bad guy than I thought. Uh, otherwise, I I I don't know. He just didn't convince me that he that he actually knew. I don't know. Again, like everything he, that that man did in this episode, that character did, was like like just not a good villain for me. Okay. Yeah. That that was. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in Zane. Be more <laughs> evil, Zane. Be be worse. Be better. Be better at better being bad. a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be <Well>, better. <laughs> I guess we were only going to get a Saturday morning cartoon bad guy at this point. Uh, That's a shame, though, because I think, and maybe I'm giving the show too much credit, but I feel like Babylon Five is way more nuanced than that, and than than a Saturday morning cartoon villain. I I I I really like the writing. I like. I like the way that it presents information and ideas, and this episode felt strange to me because of that. It felt okay. like a soap opera, you know. It felt like, like I'm surprised. Well, I was about to say I'm surprised people didn't slap each other in the face, but that actually happened. It did actually happen. Yes. <laughs> Zane was like, "You dare read me?" I was like, "What? <laughs> what is happening?" If at the end Sinclair woke up and I was like, oh, it was just a dream, I'd have been like, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> I don't think dreams on Babylon 5 are ever so literal. They're always like like Ivanova's dream where they're all kind of spacey and freaky. Like a Kawasaki ninja running on Mambari technology zooming down the hallway? <laughs> <laughs> that might be dreamlike. <laughs> oh, man. Um... So okay, yeah, I can see, I can see that it's not a progressing sort of story. But you know what? Uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind it as much. Uh, you know, like I'm just pointing out, right? Like I didn't enjoy it because I feel like the things that I wanted, you know, the things that I want advanced did not happen. Yeah. But we're coming up to an episode that I really want to see, and before, and that's that's three episodes away, and the next two episodes are a two-parter, so. I feel like So what are the are we going into Voice in the Wilderness next? Yes. Part uh, 1 and part 2. So yes. I'm expecting if there's a part 1 and part 2, I'm expecting good stuff. So yeah. so I'm and asking And after you, that is it Babylon Squared? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's the one I want to see so bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, I saw like I saw a picture and I read like at the beginning of the synopsis by accident and ever since then I've been like, "Oh, that's that's I, I really want to see that one, but I'm I'm in I'm very excited about this two parter because we haven't had a two parter. No, we so, haven't. So, do you want to do one episode on the two parter or do two episodes? We can do one episode. I I think it's going to be hard for me to sit through part one and not see part two. Same. Yep. Okay. I'm a binger. <laughs> I, I have the, I, I've had this Good. problem with. So it's 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 October right now as we're recording this, and I've been watching uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm in that spot where it starts to bleed one into the other into the other, and it makes it really hard to stop watching and just mm. say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this go for tonight." 
So no, yeah. instead I'm up till two o'clock watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer when I know I need to be asleep because I got to get up in four hours. Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah. So we're excited that this is coming up. We'll do two episodes. Yes. At one time. All so right. we'll do all of uh, Voice in the Wilderness. Um, Good. Just some little uh, trivia bits that I think might be of interest to you in case you yes. haven't read them. Um, so Bill Mummy, who plays Lanier, is part of a band called Barnes and Barnes. <laughs> okay. And his chant when he's working on the bike and Garibaldi walk, work, walks into his, his quarters, uh-huh. Zabagi, I don't know if I can say it, Zabagabi is the title of one of their albums. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yep. I like that. And, and, and Bill Mummy was basically the one who said, well, I, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, he, Straczynski didn't know about it until much later. <laughs> That's funny. That's really good. What does he say here? Uh, we said, no, whatever you do, whatever you decide is fine, as he ended up chanting his album cover. <laughs> that was really later, good. much later, when I discovered this, we discussed it at some length, but he doesn't go into what that discussion was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine it just became like a big copyright issue? And Oh, it, it could have. I don't know. <laughs> oh. The other piece is that uh, Jerry Doyle, um, was a big fan of uh, the bike in question, the ninja. Um, so he brought that into the scene. So there, there was some uh, attempt to bring in people's sort of uh, other ideas into the show. Yeah, yeah. That is that is cool. And uh, let's see. He says, Kawasaki did not pay us a dime to use the bike in the show. <laughs> we called around to see who would loan us a bike with the understanding that we'd be tearing it apart. <laughs> because Kawasaki does advertise with some of the PTEN shows, uh, someone there had a relationship with the company and gave us a name. After we tried a couple of companies, we tried Kawasaki and they agreed, not a donated bike, just a loaner. And that's what we used. <laughs> I'll bet somewhere that bike has been auctioned off, probably without the Membari power source. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah. I I hope I'm I'm looking forward to to meeting uh all of the Babylon 5 fans out there. Yes. Yes. Somebody out there probably has that bike. <laughs> Somebody out there probably has the album. Now I feel like I need to go and buy the album and find out what uh what Lanier's band is like. Yep. <laughs> Please let have a song about Mimbari on it. That would make me There's so happy. Be. Just gotta be. But I'm a Mari Power so Kawasaki Ninja. Um, I guess a lot of people thought that this episode looked a lot like the drumhead from uh Next Generation. But Straczynski makes the point that he didn't even know about Drumhead when he made it. Um and he said that he could also reference Kane Mutiny, a few good men, and many others. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't trying it's it's another one of those situations where people were trying to say you're copying Star Trek. And he's like, I haven't even watched the episode you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine how bad that must have been. Constantly. And he's actually good friends with a writer who did Drumhead. <laughs> oh. I guess there's nothing else to add here. Just, uh, just a straightforward episode 
that kind of calls back a lot of uh, information and uh, I think gives us a little bit of lore. I mean, we didn't know what eyes were until now. Um, yeah. Not that I still really understand it, but it's like uh, underground researchers or something. I'm not sure. Well, he said it was internal affairs. Yeah, it's part of the Quartermaster Corporation. What is it called? Quartermaster. No, no, but that, but that company was a cover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then afterwards, he's like, "Ha ha ha! I'm not part of that company. I'm actually <laughs> Internal Affairs, Earth Force <laughs> Internal Affairs. Ha ha ha!" That's like, so perfect. <laughs> and everybody's like, "What? What?" I and, so want to now. Now that you've said all this about this episode, now I so want to pantomime it. I just want. I just want to badly act the episode. Yeah, you know what? Watch the episode with the sound off, and and see and see see. And then just do like a, a MST three K kind of thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> Better yet, put the speech for the drumhead over the top of. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken down bigger men than you, Sinclair. I can't believe he backslapped Gray. Ah, oh, what a yeah. what a soap opera moment! <laughs> Clearly, he had been he had been triggered from the from the deepest point he could possibly be at that point. No, there's something that I I think about all the time when I watch shows like this, which I I don't remember if it was Patrick Stewart who said it or if it was um oh the the actor that plays uh, Captain Cisco. Um, oh, um, Avery Brooks. If it was Avery Brooks, but one of them said like. Yeah, like a lot of us are classically trained. Like we did Shakespeare, right? Yeah. So they bring this gravitas to these to these um to these roles and sometimes it's like, oh, like this over the top alien or this like person like you know, this authority and this guy with his cartoonish scar and <laughs> and like he was he was like I was thinking about that, but I was like, wow, this is a bad example of that because I don't feel that way most of the time. Like every now and then you get a character in Star Trek that you're like, whoa, like what, what theater company did this guy come from? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but like, but then if you watch Patrick Stewart and, um, and Avery Brooks, they're like, they're, they're performing Shakespeare, right? They're like, yeah. <laughs> they're super serious. They're, 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 you know, low tone, very loud, which is, which is going to be real funny when Picard comes out because he seems very subdued and calm, you know. Yeah. Like in the in the commercial, like he's older and you know retired. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so I was thinking about that, and this guy is just so over the top. Again, I can't believe they made him slap him. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> in the end, yeah, I guess so he's probably a little bit of a throwaway character in that sense. Um. You yeah. know, he, he's definitely not uh, Andrea Katz, Andreas Katsoulis, who I believe is also Shakespearean trained. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but probably you can't afford to have Shakespearean trained actors in momentary bit parts. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's true. Like, Which I'm, I'm like, pretty sure we won't see uh, Ben Zane again. I'm pretty sure he's washed up and gone at this point, unless oh, he's yeah. got some really powerful friends back home. Yeah. No, no, Zane is done. Uh, whew, man. Yeah. Because well, if I'm the master bad guy behind the scenes, I'm like, you have fucked things up royally for me, and you're done. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. I'll see to it you never step foot on Earth again. <laughs> right. So Voice in the Wilderness, I am very much looking forward to that one. Okay, so you remember that episode clearly? Oh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Woo, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh no, it's not the next one, Hostway. What? It's not. What is the next one called? Legacies. Oh, you're right. You're right. There's legacies and then Ah, oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Is Sorry. Legacies good? You're looking forward to that one? Remember I that don't, one? don't remember? I, I'm not remembering it right off. Um, but that doesn't mean it's a bad episode. No, no, no. Okay. I'm 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 less excited. I was wrong. I was very wrong. <laughs> we just jumped to <laughs> we can just jump to that one and then jump back to Legacies. Damn. Okay. No, no, but it's fine. We're close. We're close, though. We're close to Babylon Squared. We're close to, to, to Wilderness. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, so just an overview of Legacies real quick. A girl entering puberty exhibits telepathic abilities, and the crew must decide whether to turn her over to the Psy Corps, uh, the corpse of the Membari military leader who oversaw the Battle of the Line, is the focus of a diplomatic incident. Okay, okay. There's some, there's some oomph there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they build off of what just happened with Ivanova. Yeah. There could be some payoff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've got a, a couple of episodes away from uh, getting to the voice. We're of the close. Wilderness. We're so close. We're close. It's good. But we are we are in a ramp that, that's going to be fantastic by the time we get to episode 112, which is uh, our uh, production. No, episode 22, which is Chrysalis, the last episode of uh, uh, season one. I cannot, I cannot wait. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, that's, that's eyes. And so we, we, I get it. We're, we're not gone anywhere, but maybe we've fleshed out some things for some people. I, I'm curious to see if anybody else who's watched the episode feels the same as Hostway does, or if you're more, in in my boat where it's just like it's just a kind of pedestrian episode but i like all these people so it's not so pedestrian to me um or you just really enjoy watching somebody get bitch slapped in the face uh <laughs> or gray <laughs> or or you might be on hostways team where it's like uh no this this episode didn't take me anywhere and the only thing i cared about was the kawasaki ninja i did and i'm gonna go out and buy one right now because i need a symbol of virility and masculinity yep Sexual prowess. <laughs> Sexual prowess. <laughs> I really hope he actually said that because if not, I've just said that twice for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody called it this on the show, but it is called a crotch rocket. So that's true. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> get some power between your legs. Let's go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time when we take a look at legacies. And uh, maybe, maybe next time, Hostway will be, will be happy, and we'll bring a picnic basket, and we'll, we'll sit and enjoy the episode together. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, guys.